Welcome to the first ever episode of The Hedge. This show is going to be about everything related to hoops to give you the edge on your bets as well as your fantasy basketball lineup. I'm your host, Steve Inman, and I'm very lucky to be joined by Kev Masarejan, the roto surgeon himself. Kev, how are you? Thank you for being here. I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Uh, first ever episode, honored to be the first ever guest. So yeah, looking forward to this. Kev is one of our basketball writers here on the Game Day website and is the at Roto Surgeon on Twitter. Kev, I want to get right into it with you. The Nets, the big trade, the big three is finally here. Kyrie Irving is back and they're right now plus 300 to win on points bet. Are you going to bet on the Brooklyn Nets to win it all? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, I like this team. It's a really fun team. A lot of scoring, a lot of shooting, not a lot of defense. Uh, as much as the scoring can mitigate the effects of their poor defense, it, it will come to fruition in the playoffs when they have to face teams like the Bucks. The 76ers even could be troubles for them in the Eastern Conference. So like, not even, let's not even get to the Lakers, the Clippers, or any team on the West Coast. Let's think about the teams on the East that can match up with them pretty well. I know they have great ball handlers, great three-point shooters. Kevin Durant coming off the Achilles is playing as well as he's ever been. His true, his true shooting percentage right now is literally uh, 675, which is the highest of his career. You know, uh, the defense has gone down a little bit. Uh, but losing Jared Allen in that trade for James Harden is a big hit. DeAndre Jordan's rim protection has gone down. Uh, they don't really have many wing defenders. Their backcourt defensively isn't great. So they're going to have to basically score what, 120, 130 points per game to uh, to at least have to have a chance to beat teams in a seven-game series. You know, in, in a single game, sure, I, I'll take them over any team in the NBA, you know, if I had to. But over the course of seven games, when you wear, wear down teams, when those fouls aren't getting called for Harden as often, we've seen him fail in the playoffs t- a year in and year out with great players around him. So I j- I'm just not comfortable betting on them, particularly just even to get out of the East, uh, to get out of the Eastern Conference uh, finals. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Kev. I mean, for one, let's say they do get to the finals. Who is guarding LeBron James and Anthony Davis? I mean, that is a mismatch if I've ever heard one. You're going to have, like, is DeAndre Jordan going to guard Anthony Davis? That sounds insane to me right now, the way he's playing. And look, they're going to try to go pick up a center, you know, on the you know waivers, wire, you know, if you will, with fantasy basketball terms as, you know, the buyout market comes in a couple months. But I don't think they're going to find the impact guy that's going to be able to start for a championship caliber team. So they're, they're going with DeAndre Jordan. We're going to see if he can pick up his play at defensively at all, but I'm very concerned because right now, Kevin Durant is their best defender who is coming off of a torn Achilles. As we all know, they're, they seem to be asking too much from him. You know, you have to be the MVP offensively, and now we need you to be our defensive stopper as well. I mean, when does it, when does it end with him? So I, I don't know. I don't really like it right now. I obviously they're a great fun team. I'll be watching for sure the next few games, but right now I would say let's not bet the, the plus 300 on points bet with uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. They could pick up Dwayne Dedman. That's a really good center pickup they could get if they were to opt for that market because DeAndre Jordan just played, he just played 38 minutes against the Bucks. They did win that game by two. But again, in a single game, they can they can go toe-to-toe with anyone just because they could score 140 if they want. But for the most part, I just think worn down, I don't like this team. I know we haven't really seen them with Kyrie and Harden and Durant at like in full strength where they've played like 10, 15 games at least together. I just can't buy it right now. 
I, I really like the Dwayne Dedman idea. I mean, he's a guy who has been that kind of defensive minded center who could really help them out right now. And look, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving love DeAndre Jordan. We know that that's a bit, that's been a big storyline the last couple of years, but at the same time, Steve Nash, the day before they traded Jared Allen bench DeAndre Jordan, he was a DNP coach's decision the game before. So it's, it is, you know, clearly they know he's not the, the DeAndre Jordan of old. So I do expect them to go out and be looking for a center. And I think that is the key between them, you know, potentially going to the finals. Yeah, no, totally agree. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a center, just a big in general. Like it could be a power forward for another team that they can play at center. It, it, they really don't have anyone. You can't play Kevin Durant at the five. He's too, like, you know, that would have worked pre Achilles. I just don't think he has, he has that in him and he doesn't even want to do that. Like why would Kevin Durant want to go up against, you know, Giannis in the paint or like Anthony Davis in the playoffs. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. Even if they were able to convince him that this is a good idea, then who guards LeBron? Like you're not putting James Harden on LeBron. So it doesn't work. I mean, I'm curious to see how this roster transforms in the next year, you know, over the summer, they're going to have their mid-level exception. I would think they will be better then. But for now, I think, as we said, let's pass on the nets for uh, this upcoming championship championship season. But I want to talk about this trade from a fantasy angle. You know, Kev, you're, you're obviously the guy to talk to about this. I want to know who helped their stock the most in this trade. Uh, who helped their stock the most? <sighs> okay. This who, is who are the fantasy guys. Yeah. I know. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I got you. This is, this is tricky right now to navigate because obviously Victor Oladipo, he moved from Indiana to Houston. He gets to play on a team. He just had a 42% usage rate in this past game that the Houston Rockets played. That's insanely massive. That's more than James Harden had with the Rockets. Albeit John Wall was out, but John Wall dealing with his knee issue. Uh, he had his Achilles tear. He literally, he's coming off of two of the most serious injuries any athlete could suffer. And he's getting managed like to a crazy amount he's getting rested weekend like re- like he'll get rested for a full week so Oladipo helped his stock a ton uh someone who was hurt a bit but is hurt now even more is Karis Levert because they found a, a, a large or small mass they found a mass on his kidney and obviously god forbid this be something super serious and it's just something that could get removed or it's benign but uh Karis Levert he probably was helped the most if anything because his life got saved via this trade he probably wouldn't have had the team doctors check him for any reason otherwise but i think jared allen in a situation where the cleveland cavaliers trade andre drummond and view jared allen as their center of the future he's the low-key big winner here because andre drummond's on a one-year deal he's playing great basketball i think he has some good trade value on his i believe 25 million dollar deal so if Andre Drummond were to get moved, Jared Allen is the biggest winner in this trade. Fantasy-wise, James Harden takes a bit of a ding. Kyrie takes a ding. Kevin Durant takes a ding, but not too much. They're all like top 25 players at worst. So they should be fine. Oladipo gets the biggest current boost, but I think Jared Allen gets the biggest long-term boost. That is uh, good to know. So anybody looking out right now, if you're looking for the future, Jared Allen's a guy you should be targeting in trades right now where his value could be upped maybe a month from now, two months from now, before the trade deadline, hoping that uh, Andre Drummond is moved to a contender. I think that makes a ton of sense right there. I'm going to do the same thing. In terms of, you know, you mentioned that those guys have, you know, Duran, Irving, and Harden have it, their, their value dinged a little bit. What do you think of, like, the value for a guy like Andre Drummond? Does his value take a big hit in the short term right now with Jared Allen in the picture? 
Uh, not necessarily. The Cleveland Cavaliers already ran like a ton of bigs on the floor anyway. They were playing like Larry Nance, who's a power forward, but they could slide him at C. They played ja- JaVel McGee a ton. Uh, they had Kevin Love earlier in the season. They lost him. It, it, the, the Cavaliers are so weird. They don't care. They're going to play their uh, their archaic big man 35 minutes a game if they feel like it. And then they'll play Jared Allen next to him, like overlap if they feel like it. You know, they're, they're not trying to win games. I know they have like a decent record. They're almost 500, but for the most part, like, I don't think Andre Drummond's value is struck too much by this Allen deal. Uh, if it, it, it's Allen for the short term who takes the hit, but long term they should both be fine. If anything, Andre Drummond might, you know, he, he might not score as much, but it, it, he should be fine overall. That's great stuff, Kev. I want to talk about a recent article you wrote for the game day, some key waiver wire pickups. I want you to tell me about Emmanuel quickly, a rookie that not too many people outside of New York know too much about. Uh, I feel like uh, New York and Kentucky. Uh, you know, uh, wildcat fans, you know, uh, know and love quickly. He was fantastic for them last year. He he's an instant. He's just, you know, he's instant offense. Basically he's scored at least double digit points in each of his last four games. Uh, he's averaging about two threes per game. He gets you a little bit of, he gets you some assists and a couple steals, but for the most part, he's a fantastic three, uh, free throw shooter. He's only missed one free throw all season. And that's on more than 20 attempts. Uh, quickly is the perfect fit next to a guard like uh, RJ Barrett. Cause RJ Barrett is just, he's a ball handler. He's a scorer. He's a rebounder. He, he can do a little bit of everything. He's just a terrible shooter. Yeah. So he shrinks the floor whenever he's there. Uh, he's good at, I wouldn't say he's even good at it, but what he does as a, just a massive usage guys, the ball's always in his hands and playing a center like Mitchell Robinson, playing a power forward like Julius Randle, who is shooting better. You just can't play those kinds of guys with RJ Barrett, but in the backcourt, you need someone like Emmanuel quickly. So I think Tom, uh, Tom Thibodeau is learning that Alfred Payton and RJ Barrett are just like the clunkiest fit in the league in terms of backcourt. So quickly is getting more minutes. He's getting a little more acclimated to the offense. Uh, They're just going to let him give him the ball and go essentially in garbage time right now. They've been using him for the early part of the season, but more recently they've been using him in more primary minutes uh, in the first, uh, in the first half necessarily for the uh, primarily in the first half, I'd say. So quickly he gets a big boost season long. If Tom Thibodeau gets his head out of of his uh, rear end for the most part, and he should be a big winner in terms of just, you know, who, whoever loses minutes, he's going to gain minutes. As a, a diehard Nick fan, I sure hope you're right, because quickly to me gives the Knicks something they haven't had in a really long time. And that's somebody who could shoot the ball. And it sounds like a crazy thing where every team has three, four shooters on the court at once. The Knicks don't really usually have any for large stretches of games. And so Alfred Payton, he's seen his playing time dip a little bit. He's still the starter. The media keeps asking him, when are you going to make the switch? He says, I'm not planning it anytime soon. But as you said, Kev, this is definitely a long-term play for the rest of the season because quickly seems like he's the better guard at this option to start for the Knicks and I would think as you said Tibbs is going to figure it out sooner rather than later well I hope so like quickly right now he's only shooting what like 34% from the field uh, from three uh, 40% from the field I know both look ugly but if you watch him play you know uh, it's clear as day he's the best shooter on this team like Julius Randles makes some threes here and there but like if you look at his shot it's so it's such a funky shot the way it gets released and we've seen him uh year in and year out he's not a shooter even though he can shoot there's like such a weird difference between these two terms someone who's making their threes isn't necessarily a shooter i've seen rj barrett go four for seven from three that doesn't matter he's not a shooter quickly is arguably the best guard on this team like 
as much as Knicks fans don't want to admit it, given that they did take RJ Barrett like third overall, quickly should be getting 30 minutes per game, if anything. And it's very possible he does uh, if Alfred Payton does get either traded. I know Thibs loves Payton, but maybe the front office kind of forces his hand. But quickly has some big potential as a scorer with some assists and steals, low turnovers. He might hurt your field goal, uh, field goal percentage given that he's on a bad team, but he'll help you with free throws. So I love him in fantasy. The problem with trading uh, Alfred Payton is you're going to need to find somebody who wants Alfred Payton. That's the big issue I see with that right now, but we'll wait and see. I want you to tell me also another young rookie point guard, Cole Anthony. Uh, Cole Anthony's frustrating. This is a guy you really have to be either in a points league that doesn't affect your field goal or like field goals taken don't affect you or you're punting field goal completely because, okay, the Markel Fultz injury obviously left a massive hole for the Orlando Magic. He was playing nearly 30 minutes per game and now they're kind of left with minimal guard options. They let go of DJ Augustine. He's on the bucks now. So they have, they haven't had Evan Fournier. They, they don't really have many options in their backcourt. They're playing a ton of uh, Terrence Ross and he's pretty okay, but he's more of a weird wing. He's a, it's like a sixth man more than anything. Uh, Fournier is getting back and healthy, which should help Cole Anthony, who was arguably the top prospect out of high school two years ago he had a bad year at unc last year with uh he had a foot injury he was playing on an awful team i think they were below 500 in the standings and you know it was just a lot of bad luck for anthony he's a talented prospect he has the pedigree former top overall prospect so they're gonna try to play him and kind of integrate him into the team because this the the magic uh, they're they're winning games but they're not a good team they have vucevic playing as high as high of a level for a big man as you can have essentially below that like anthony davis tier so they they want to get the most out of this guy. Maybe he could be the guard of the future because with Fultz out and Fultz having his shooting issues, it would be a huge plus to have someone like Anthony playing at a high level. Uh, they're giving him minutes. He's played over 28 minutes per game over the past, uh, or at least since January 6th. And I believe that's when Fultz did get injured. So having that high, uh, those high minutes, a high usage, he's scoring about 10, uh, 10 points per game in that range. Uh, he's getting good rebounds. His assists are about like three or four per game. He gets you some steals as well. So if you can take that field goal hit, bank on Cole Anthony, maybe breaking out later on, he's still kind of figuring it out on the court because with that foot injury last year, he didn't get too much playtime in college in his one year. So you know, he's a flyer. He's a speculative ad, but he can help you across some categories right now. Roy Williams at UNC last year, he, they asked him about the team. The team was struggling. And he said, this is the least talented team he's ever coached. And I think a lot of that has to do with Anthony missing a good portion of that year mm-hmm. with the injury, as you said. You know, Cole Anthony, he's a project, like like you just said, because he missed a lot of time in college. And now he's kind of the only guard who's worth looking at in fantasy, you know, Fournier has been out. I know he's coming back, but I don't really see a lot of options on this magic team to score. So you're going to, they're going to rely on Cole Anthony. So he is worth a flyer for sure. Lastly, let's get to some injuries here. You know, CJ McCollum, unfortunately he was having what looked like his first ever all-star campaign. He's hurt now. Kev, who are guys who could take up his minutes and uh, really benefit from the injury fantasy wise? Well, the biggest winner fantasy-wise is going to be Damian Lillard because he's going to soak up a ton of that usage and be the primary option on that team. They lost Nurkic. Uh, They have Rodney Hood, who's coming back. And I know Rodney Hood might be an appealing option after scoring about 20 points in the starting role this past game. Uh, 
I, I just can't trust him seeing what he's done this year. Rodney Hood's been such a, an up and down player coming off his, I, I believe he had a foot in, or no, no, he didn't have a foot injury. He tore his Achilles a couple years ago and he averaged roughly 10 to 15 minutes per game up until this game on January 18th against San Antonio Spurs. He got 25 minutes, had a 64% field goal percentage, 21 points, two threes. Uh, that looks really good. But like up until that, he had seven points total in the six games before that. I'm not going to buy in. I think Gary Trent Jr. is the pickup here. If anyone, Gary Trent Jr., he's uh, six foot six. He can alternate between shooting guard and small forward. Uh, they're probably going to have to use Robert Covington a ton more at center with the Nurkic injury, given that Cantor isn't a good rim protector. They're going to play Cantor a ton at C, obviously, because he's literally the backup option. But when their teams, when teams opposing, uh, when teams opposite them go small, they're going to have to go Robert Covington. They can slide Trent over to the uh, small forward spot. And Trent's been pretty solid. He's averaging about, uh, before this past game, he was averaging about 10 points per game. Uh, he gets you a couple rebounds. He'll get you some good threes too. He can average about two to three threes per game uh his field goal percentage isn't going to be fantastic but if he could get you the threes those uh get you that scoring he could even average about a steal per game as well he was doing that last year uh when he had an expanded role so trent he's not going to win you your league but he could be a solid glue guy option uh it's just it's not really too appealing if you own damian lillard you get the most benefit out of this but you know, if you're desperate for a pickup in a 12 team and uh, 12 team and more league, uh, Trent's going to be the guy. Uh, he was averaging 22 minutes per game last year. He's at 25 or 24 this year. I think he get up to 26, 27. So, yeah, he's your guy. That is why he's the Roto Surgeon. Kev, thank you so much for joining me here on the first ever episode of The Hedge. I'm really looking forward to doing this again soon. Yeah, definitely, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully we can keep this rolling week in and week out. So thanks to everybody for tuning in. Thanks again to Kev. You can follow him on Twitter at Rotosurgeon. Up next, we're going to talk to the great Kenny Betts Big and see if we can pick up some NBA picks. Kenny, thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Steve? I'm doing great. You know, thanks for having me on. You know, pretty excited to get into it. So obviously you're a big time, you know, better here. And with this being the first episode of The Hedge, I want to explain to our listeners what goes into your decision-making process when making NBA bets. Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, there's, a, there's, there's a lot that does go into it. You know, I find a lot of people when they're first starting out, they mainly just look at like team records or, you know, I guess like a lot of the Lakers, right? Teams that stand out to them, teams they know that are, you know, playing well. And they usually just put their money on those games and, you know, heavy favorites. And that's like a big no-no, especially in the gambling world. You know, there's a lot of different things you want to consider, like our teams playing on like a back-to-back. So like a second leg of a back-to-back. You know, I know I gave you guys the Knicks pick yesterday. Um, the reason why I like that was the Warriors were playing a second game of a back-to-back. There was their third game in a four-day stretch. So those, like, you know, you got to consider, like, these guys are, how many minutes are they playing, you know, travel, or do they have a, you know, a game they, where they got to hop on a plane right after they finish this game and fly across the country to play another game tomorrow? You know what I mean? Like, these are human beings. You know, I know, you know, we watch Steph Curry and LeBron James at home on TV, and we think they're, like, superheroes. But at the end of the day, they still still are human beings, you know? So like, you, you, you still have to consider the human, the human factor to it. Right. Like just look at like Paul George last year in the bubble. Right. So I, I don't know if you followed that whole bubble scenario, which was on the Clippers where like, you know, his, 
his ex-girlfriend was dating Austin Rivers. Did you did you follow that at all? Of course, Pandemic P. It was a whole thing. I, I'm well aware of it. Exactly. And everyone was ripping Paul George for that. And like, dude, this guy's a human being. Imagine any any one of us being in that situation where like your, your girlfriend's dating your teammate and it would just be a disaster. No one wants to go out there and play basketball. I mean, you had, you know, what was it? Paul George was dating Doc Rivers' daughter for a while too, who's now, yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. uh, he's, she's <laughs> married, was- she's like married to like Seth Curry. And so I was always like, how is that relationship going to go between Doc and Paul George? And then all of a sudden you have Paul George basically blaming his performance on Doc Rivers. So I was like, okay, so that's how that relationship went after all. Yeah, no, it was, uh, that, that was like a soap opera to follow. It was, it was so much going on. I can't even follow it and keep up with it, but yeah, no. So like, you know, little things like that, you definitely have to consider those like the human element of things. Right. Um, you know, also like, you know, diving into more analytical side of things, like with let's, let's look at the jazz Pelicans game yesterday. The Pelicans are one of the worst teams in the league defending the three. The jazz are the number one team shooting the three. They, they, um, they scored the most percentage of points in the league from the three ball. And you know, what ended up happening, the jazz came out and they just absolutely throttled the, the Pelicans last night. They just started, it was a barrage of threes constantly. Yeah. I mean, that's how you get, you know, over for Donovan Mitchell and things like that. And over total points. I really want to go back to this Nick thing for a second. I'm a diehard Nick fan, obviously. And I'm, I'm listening to your video last night about, the Knicks over of, sorry, the Knicks not only covering the spread on four and a half points, but they actually won the game. They blew out the Warriors. And I'm like, this guy, he knows everything, it seems like. And just, you know, now the Knicks are playing a back-to-back. They're playing uh, in Sacramento tonight. Is that something you would avoid now because those fresh legs are no longer fresh? Um, yeah. So one, you know, like we talked a little bit before the show, we, you know, we both agree. We think the Knicks are playing a little bit above where they really are. Right. So, um, huge win last night for them. Right. Initially right now I do lean Sacramento Kings. Let me take, let me pull up the money here. So like another thing with that Knicks game last night is there was about 90% of the money on the golden state warriors. So anytime you see something like that, it's just a big red flag, right? Like you definitely don't want to bet on the Warriors in that situation because the house always wins. So if the house is always winning, they're not going to, you know, the games where they have their biggest liability is probably a good chance they're going to win those games too. Right. Which, you know, the Knicks won last night. So, um, yeah. So looking at tonight's game for the Knicks, let me pull it up here. And what I'm looking at, guys, I just use a few different, um, you know, services that pull from different sports books, like where the money is coming in. You know, there's different companies like Action Network, uh, Don's Best, Sports Insights. But, you know, those different services, what they do is they tell you, you know, the percentage of bets on a game or the percentage of money on a game. And that's key. Like if you're not looking at that, you really shouldn't be betting any money on these games. Um, So let's see. Let's pull it up right here. Now, now, Kenny, when you're doing that and you see all the money is is on one team and you still love that team do you avoid that bet then so hypothetically if all the money yesterday is on the knicks but you still really believe in the knicks to win that game are you gonna just avoid that bet or you gonna bet the opposite just because that's where the public went um no yeah i'll definitely avoid that game you know there's 
it took me a long time to realize this. You don't have to bet every game. Um, that's a big pitfall that a lot of people make is they just, you know, it's, they just want the action. And unfortunately you're just going to end up in a huge hole if, if that's what you're doing, chasing action. So yeah, like, you know, I have like a pretty much like a, it's like an onion, like different layers I peel off of like, you know, I look at, um, initially I'll look and I'll like see the lines and I'll put, you know, six, seven games together. And then I'll start really diving into it, you know, looking where the money is, the analytics, like I talked about, you know, are any players out injuries, um, things like that. And then I'll either take teams out or, you know, I'll leave them in. So yeah, like, let's say last night, all the money was on the Knicks, even though I liked the Knicks, I wouldn't have bet it. Um, and it definitely, sometimes it, you know, backfires and I'm like, ah, dang, I should have just went with it. I would have won anyway, but more often than not, when, you know, I see all the money on the team I like, and I avoid it, it does work out in my favor. So yeah, that's, you know, definitely another thing for the people listening at home. Just, you know, you guys don't have to bet every single game. I want to, I want to talk about these Friday night games. I mean, things are changing by the minute, but as of now, we have 11 games here on this Friday night. For me personally, I have two things I'm rolling with at this very moment. To me, the Brooklyn Nets and the way they're playing offensively and the lack of defense, I'm hitting that over 224 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have hit on this over the Nets and their opponent in their last 10 games. You just saw what they did uh, with Cleveland a couple of days ago. I really think to me, that's a number that I was surprised was as low as it was. The public does win too, but just let me point this out to you guys. Um, right now is about 74% of the bets on that over, but only about 60% of the money. So usually what that indicates is a little bit more of like a square better going and taking the, the over there. Obviously so is that every, something all, you would avoid? all good things come to an end, Steve, you know, like uh, yeah. they may come out here. Here's what I'm looking at in that game, right? You have the Brooklyn Nets just got embarrassed by the Cavaliers the other day. So I think they're going to come out and definitely clamp down on defense to try to shut this Cavs team down. And then you also have a Brooklyn Nets team with a ton of new pieces. And, you know, you touched on how they've hit 10 straight overs. Only one of those games is with Kyrie Irving. I personally think this Brooklyn Nets team is way better without Kyrie. I think with Kyrie and James Harden, I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, cluster in the middle, too much dribbling. So it remains, I, I think, you know, with all that dribbling, it could potentially slow down the pace of play. Um, so I would be careful with that. And that's maybe one thing to, you know, kind of, it's more of like a wait and see approach, right? Like just wait and see how the next few games play out with Kyrie in that, in the lineup and see how they mesh as a team. Yeah, I definitely think that's something to keep in mind. I mean, Cleveland has not been great defensively over their last two, three games, but overall on the season, they're top five in points allowed 106.1, you know, only the Knicks, Lakers and Jazz have been better. So that's definitely something to consider there. Will they, you know, slow down the pace and not, you know, play that quick game that they played two days ago, just because it went one way what was it? Wednesday night. Doesn't mean it's going to go yeah, that Wednesday. way again here Friday. So that's definitely something to consider. I think I am still going to take that bet. So we'll talk about that uh, another day, but also player props. Now, Victor Oladipo for me, I think he is the guy for me, 23 and a half points over against the Detroit Pistons. And I'll tell you why. So Oladipo, he's played two games with the Rockets. The first game was fantastic. He was doing everything. He scored 32 points. The second game, he could not hit any shots and he still <laughs> put up 22 points. He hit the over and wow. it's, it's just, they don't have any 
offense right now. I mean, John yeah, Wall's hurt. Christian Wood has his his ankle. I think it was an ankle issue. I think it was. Yeah. And he's probably not going to play. So who's really going to score in that team? I think Oladipo is going to take all the shots in the world against a so-so Pistons, you know, defense. Yeah, no. And, you know, Oladipo, in my opinion, he's one of my favorite players in the league. You know, I'm happy, very happy to see how he came back after that gruesome injury, you know. And, you know, you kind of got to feel bad for the guy. You know, he got bounced out of uh, Oklahoma, came to the Pacers, and he was, the, he was the franchise player there. And then just like that, they deal him. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Uh, personally, I think, you know, I'm hoping he comes to Houston, lights it up there. I love John Wall. I love the team there they have together, even though it's like kind of like, like the Bad News Bears team, right? They're just kind of like, pitch potch together yeah that's exactly but, uh, the word i would use <laughs> yeah but for some i you know they have a lot of good pieces and you know if they if they do play well and they click it could be it could they could be a decent squad honestly so yeah, yeah. i like that bet honestly I, I think uh oladipo should come out firing for sure and like you said he's really their only he's like their only option to score yeah, I think it was encouraging from a betting point of view that even though his shot wasn't falling, he didn't just start distributing the ball and passing around. He was just shooting and shooting and shooting. And I think that would continue against the, the Detroit Pistons Friday night. Yeah, and you know, you gotta you gotta figure that those guys on the Rockets, they're just happy to be able to get some shots up, right? After James Harden's finally out of town. Like those guys, they they haven't touched a basketball in years playing with James Harden. Yeah, I definitely think uh, that's a really interesting to see how that team progresses as the year goes on. They have a dismal record right now. So if things continue the way they are, maybe they flip Oladipo again at the trade deadline in a couple months. But for now, I think he's going to keep you know shooting his shot and see uh, if we can hit a couple of overs along the way. It's actually a great, I didn't even think of that. It's actually a good point. It's probably what they're going to try and do. Probably unload them to a contender for a couple picks and just stock up, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, they I'm got- honestly surprised they, I mean, it worked out. I'm surprised they didn't keep Karis LeVert. I love LeVert. I think he's like a little baby KD. Yeah, I don't really get the Olad. I love Oladipo too, but I don't really get the Lavert for Oladipo thing when Oladipo is a free agent and Karis Lavert has three years on his deal. Yeah, I mean it worked out. He's got the mass on his kidney, but like, yeah. you know, there's no way Houston knew that, right? Because like, who knows what Houston's plan is for Oladipo? We we just said they could trade him. I don't think they're going to throw him a max contract after this. But again, it depends on how he plays. It depends on the team plays around him because John Wall's going to be around there for a few years. Christian Wood's going to be around there for a few years. So these are big games for Oladipo. Shout out to John Wall's agent, right? Like, dude, John Wall didn't play basketball for like two, three years. The guy's getting paid over $50 million a year. I, I remember when uh, Brad Beal got his first big extension before Wall did. And basically, Wall came out and was like, how is my sidekick making more money than me? Yeah. And... <sighs> That that's gonna go on cult, you know, freezing takes or something because Beal yeah, look at Brad Beal now, right? He's incredible. And you know, he's one of the most underrated players in the league. I don't think that, I don't think he's ever been voted to an all-star game. Uh he, he's made a I think he's made two all-star games, but, but he's, I think he was uh, like a reserve though. Yeah. 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 That's right. Uh, yeah, I don't think he was ever like voted in by the fans, which is nuts. He's such a great player. And you know, you see some of these guys that have made it over him and you're just like sitting there scratching your head. The the fans and the coaches, they reward uh winning teams for sure. And Beal, unfortunately, has not been part of a winner in some time. But yeah, that's pretty much what I'm thinking with my bets. Uh, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners before we wrap up the show? Yeah, so you know, it's still early today in the day, so I don't really have any um of the games that I'm betting on yet. I don't send out bets to my clients until I actually bet them myself. Um, but you know, some games that are just, you know, jumping out to me right now, um, the Orlando magic plus four, um, you know, the Pacers 
came just came off of a West Coast road trip. Um, you know, we talked talked about how they just traded Oladipo, who for a while was their franchise player. So it's interesting to see how over the next like week or so, how they, you know, bounce back after that, especially without having Karis Lever in the lineup. Um, so I think, you know, initially right after that trade, we saw the Pacers, they came out and they played well. I think that could just be like a little bit of a moment, momentum thing, you know, just you know, they lost one of their players. They're coming out playing hard. But now that it's about a week after that trade, I think we're going to maybe see the Pacers kind of tail off a little bit. And the Magic, they've been playing great basketball. You know, Cole Anthony, he, he hit a game winner the other day versus the uh, the Timberwolves. And, you know, Cole Anthony was supposed to be one of the best players, you know, coming into college last year. He got hurt at North Carolina, didn't have a great season. And the Magic were able to scoop him up, you know, later in the first round, which he probably wouldn't have been there if he, you know, stayed healthy is, you know, the one year in college. So I think they got an absolute stud in Cole Anthony and they have a lot of good talent around, around him, you know, with Nikola Vucevic. So I, I, uh, yeah, I like the magic here plus four. And, you know, we talked about the Kings. I think the Kings are a nice play here for sure. Nick's playing a second leg of a back-to-back on a West coast trip. So, you know, it's, I w- it's always always those teams come out a little bit uh, a little sluggish or lackluster and the Kings have just been absolutely awful they've, they've been abysmal on defense one of the worst they're literally on pace to be one of the worst defensive teams in league history um, so you know whether that continues or not I, I like to be on the I'm a believer things usually regress back to the norm um, back to the average you know so I think the Kings you know should start to turn up a little bit defensively and uh, I think we'll see a good game out of them tonight for sure against a Knicks team that is definitely overperforming. We had a uh, Kevin on earlier in the show to t- you know, the the roto surgeon himself to talk about a couple of streamers for fantasy basketball he liked and one of those guys was Cole Anthony he was raving about Cole Anthony and how he's basically the only magic guard you can count on right now with Fultz hurt and Fournier just coming back from an injury so I really am excited to see what we get out of Cole Anthony going forward but thank you so much Kenny for coming on you can find Kenny on Instagram at Kenny Bets Big and we'll be back next Friday for episode two of the head. For now, keep it locked in on the game day. Good luck, guys.